so we're concluding Daniel chapter 12, but I forgot to mention to you where we're headed. Next Sunday, Levi will launch a, a series called Relationship Rehab. And we will spend six weeks looking at Ephesians chapter 5 and Ephesians chapter 6, kind of thinking through a lot of the key relationships that we, uh, we have in life. The other thing I forgot to mention to you uh, is the fact that uh, Ian Blackwood, many of you know Ian. Ian grew up here at Crossroads Napoleon, and uh, Ian this past year became a, a member of the Ohio State uh, Patrol and has been working third shift uh, out of the Bowling Green unit. Uh, Ian and, and a co-worker, another officer, will be dispatched this evening, I believe, to Minnesota. And uh, he will be involved in whatever's going on there to try to keep the peace and keep people safe. And uh, his mom and dad are here today, and he's got other family that are concerned about Ian, and we're all concerned about Ian. So would you mark a note to yourself just to continue to remember to pray for Ian. Uh, pray for peace in that whole situation, but uh, it's kind of a, a difficult situation that uh, officers are thrown into. And uh, just pray for that and pray, pray for family too, I think. That would be great. So... Go ahead and if you would, turn or swipe to Daniel chapter 12. Uh, the text will be on the screen, but I want to remind you, it is always helpful when we study here at Crossroads to have the Bible in front of you, to be able to flip through, to, to look at and to make sure what's on the screen is actually in the Bible. Uh, there are places where it's uh, really helpful to circle or underline a word, uh, and so you can look at it a little bit later. Uh, again, Daniel is kind of a challenging book. Uh, for those of you who have not been with us, there may be some things that I mentioned today or that we cover today that will kind of be a little bit of a head-scratcher, um, and that's okay. Um, we're glad that you're here. This will be relevant to your life, even if you haven't been with us through this study. Uh, if whatever um, we look at today intrigues you, you can go back and look at some of the other messages uh, on the website or in, in other resources as well. I also want to um, qualify the fact that, that Daniel chapter 12 is going to make some very pointed comments about the realities of not only heaven, which will be very encouraging, but it also makes some comments about the reality of hell as well. And uh, I'm not here to force you into believing what you're not ready to believe or what you don't want to believe or anything like that. Uh, at Crossroads, we teach through the Bible. And when the Bible comes to, to sections, if the Bible says this much, we try to teach this much about it and not this much or not this much. And so um, just a, a fair warning that, that we're going to talk about some realities that are, are pretty challenging this morning. And again, we're not trying to do so in a way to force you to believe something but to expose you to what the Bible uh, teaches. So Daniel is an Old Testament book that really is about highlighting the faithfulness of God. And, and though Daniel was written literally to all of God's people to all times, it was written for us as well, when Daniel penned these words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Daniel had in mind the Jewish people as his audience. And this was a people that were under pretty severe persecution. They had been taken captive. They were forcibly removed uh, 70 years before from Jerusalem and taken to places like Babylon. Some of them ended up in Egypt, and they were kind of a scattered people. And the book of Daniel was written just about the time God was beginning to gather his people, the nation of Israel, back to Jerusalem 
to rebuild the temple and to rebuild their community. So the Jewish people of that day, they would continue to face difficult times of persecution and trials and uncertainty. So God speaks words of encouragement through his servant Daniel to his people at that time. And as we've seen in the book of Daniel, Daniel records example after example after example of God's unending faithfulness to his people who are facing uncertainty. Every single generation, ours included, have faced times of uncertainty. You think about it, life itself is pretty uncertain. Should I go to college? What career path should I move down? Will my marriage last? Will my son or daughter, who maybe are wayward right now, will, will they get their life moving in a better direction at some point in time? Will my test results come back positive from the hospital? Will we have enough money to make our house payment or, or maybe enough money to retire on? All of these questions can create a sense of uncertainty in our hearts about the future. Today, you and I are living in an ever-changing pandemic, which continues to create a level of uncertainty for our culture. And I don't know about you, but beyond the pandemic itself, many days I feel pretty uncertain about the direction of our country and the world in which we live. We live in a time where our culture has begun to say and said for a long time, what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right. It's as if our culture has literally lost its mind. Police are criminals and criminals are victims. Dr. Seuss should be banned and yet the most vile rap music is considered art. Killing unborn babies is legal and considered a human right. The NCAA this week alone came out in support of allowing biological men to compete as women. This is the world in which we find ourselves living. It's as if the insane are running the asylum. And church, sadly, for many, many Christians outside of the United States, they have it much, much worse than we do. Like the people of Daniel's day, we need real hope and encouragement. And that hope and that encouragement can be found in Daniel chapter 12. Daniel 12 reminds us that God is and always will be faithful to his people. That's the big idea for our message this morning. God is always faithful. That means God is always true to his word. He will always, always keep his promises. Today and tomorrow, he will be as dependable as he was in Daniel's day. Now, a few weeks ago, I mentioned that Daniel's chapter 10, 11, and 12, all three of those chapters at the end of the book, they form kind of a coherent unit that covers the final vision that God gives Daniel. In the second half of the book, God gave Daniel four visions, and we're on the very, very final vision. In chapter 10, it explains the setting of the vision. 
If you remember, Daniel is with some others out at the Tigris River. And an angelic being, probably Gabriel, shows up. And all of his friends are so afraid that they run away and leave Daniel alone, who was also very afraid. In chapter 11, Levi kind of went through the actual vision that we get. And in that final vision, it ends with a future picture that has not yet happened when an antichrist emerges onto the world stage and a time of great tribulation ensues. And then in chapter 12, which is what we're going to look at this, this morning, chapter 12 is really a postscript to the vision that God gives Daniel that we looked at in chapter 11. A postscript, if you'll remember, is one of those little sentences or statements that you put onto the end of a, a letter after you've signed it. So a college student maybe writing a letter or an email back home might write, the semester's going well, I'm getting good grades, and then they sign it. And then they say, P.S., my account is overdrawn, please send money, right? That's what a postscript is, that's where we're headed. This final vision from God, again, states that a time is coming when more than likely it will be a one world, a global world leader, and this leader will totally, totally oppose Jesus Christ. And when he comes to power, real serious persecution like we've never seen before will take place. That's, that's what this vision says. Now, some of you might be thinking, well, Wes, doesn't the Bible also say that the church will be raptured, will be taken before that seven years of tribulation? Isn't that going to happen? And my response to that would be, maybe. Um, there are some very, very well-studied, brilliant Bible scholars who believe that the church, based on looking at Scripture, will be raptured at the beginning of that seven-year period of time. There are some other equally educated, brilliant Bible scholars who believe that the church will be raptured somewhere in the middle of that seven-year period of time. And there are some extremely brilliant, well-studied Bible scholars who believe that the church will be raptured at the end of that seven-year period of time as Jesus begins to usher in a, a thousand-year earthly reign. The, the reality of it is, is nobody knows for sure. But no matter how it plays out, it is clear that our culture is going to increasingly become more and more secular. It's going to become less and less driven by a moral compass that has a Bible base. The world is going to be less and less centered on Jesus Christ, less centered on his world, and more hostile to those who do. And that begs the obvious question, how should we live? How do we live in response to the direction that our world is most certainly going? Do we choose to run away like many of Daniel's friends did? Do we choose to just hunker down and hide and take care of our own, ourselves, our own family? Do we prepare for battle? What do we do? How do we live? Daniel chapter 12 reminds us that God will continue to be faithful to his people to the very end. So you and I, we have the freedom and the luxury of living our lives out with confidence in God's final plan. So I want to take a look at, at Daniel chapter 12. If you're there, open it up. This is actually a very encouraging chapter. 
And as I read this entire chapter, it's not real, real long. I want to encourage you to look for several ways that we read where God will be faithful to his people during the end times. There's a, there's a lot that you'll see. We're going to cover three of them. This is, again, Gabriel speaking to Daniel by the Tigris River. And Gabriel continues, chapter 12, verse 1. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. If you have your own Bibles, I would encourage you to circle or underline, will be delivered. Verse 2 says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. Many will go here and there to increase in knowledge. Verse 5 says, Then I, Daniel, looked, and there before me stood two others. He's talking about two other angels here. One on this bank of the river and the other on the opposite bank. One of them said to the man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river, How long will it be before these astonishing things are fulfilled? The man clothed in linen who was above the waters of the river lifted his right hand and then he lifted his left hand toward heaven. And I heard him swear by him who lives forever saying, It will be for a time, times a half a time. When the power of the holy people has finally broken, all these things will be completed. Verse 8 says, I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked, my Lord, what will the outcome of all this be? He replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are rolled up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified and made spotless and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. From the time that the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination that causes desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Blessed is the one who waits for the riches the end of, and reaches the end of 1,335 days. As for you, go your way till the end. You will rest, and then the end of days you will rise and receive your allotted inheritance. Church, when we think of the direction of our world and what we may be in store for as uh, followers of Jesus, it's truly normal to feel a sense of, of uh, anxiety and even a sense of fear at times. This morning, I simply want to point out three things that we can see, three ways that God will prove himself faithful to his church in the end of times. And let, let it encourage your heart. And my overall challenge to you is this. When fear about the future, either the short-term future or the long-term future, grips your heart, in those moments, focus instead 
on the faithfulness of God. When fear grips your heart, focus on the faithfulness of God. So first thing, God rescues his people. We see that in verse 1. First uh, evidence of God's faithfulness during the the end times is that God is going to rescue his people. Verse 1 says again, At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is written in the book, will be delivered. Man, that is some good news. Will be delivered. There really is no way to sugarcoat it here. The Bible says that there is a time coming where there will be a level of persecution that will, be, uh, that will surpass any level of persecution in any time of history. And when we think of some of the atrocities and some of the things that have happened in history, that's a, a pretty daunting kind of a thing to consider. Will we be alive then? Will the church even be here at that point in time? I don't have answers to those two questions, but what I absolutely know is that we can take heart. In the end time, Satan will win some battles, but he will not win the war. Verse 1 says that every single person whose name is written in the book will be delivered or rescued in the end. Not even a single one will be lost. We're also told in verse 1 that Michael will arrive on the scene at some point in time during the end times. And why is this encouraging? Well, the Bible actually mentions two angels specifically by name, Gabriel and Michael. Gabriel is often seen bringing a message to God's people, delivering a message for God. And uh, we don't know exactly how it works, but there appears to be, when it comes to angels, different levels uh, and ranks that angels hold, different roles and different jobs that that they hold. Um, But when Gabriel shows up, we tend to see people becoming very, very frightened. They either fall to the ground or they run away. My guess is that if Mike Tyson, Chuck Norris, and SEAL Team 6 were walking down the street somewhere and Gabriel showed up, they would be trembling in fear. Some of them might even be so afraid that they will run away. And think about this. Gabriel is described as a messenger angel. While on the other hand, Michael that we just read about He is seen as a warrior fighting against evil. If you were here a few weeks ago when we were in chapter 10, you might remember that there was a time when Gabriel was sent to bring this vision to Daniel. And chapter 10 says for 21 days, Gabriel was involved in some sort of a spiritual battle and and delayed until God sent Michael and instantly, immediately, he was freed up to bring that final vision. I'm not sure what actually happened there, but uh, you get the point. In the book of Revelation, Michael, uh, we're told, will play a prominent role in the end of times. In Thessalonians 4.16, we don't know exactly when the rapture of the church is going to take place, but that's a text that kind of describes it. And it says that it will be ushered in with the voice of an archangel. 
that Archangel might be a reference to Michael. The last reference to the angel Michael in the Bible is Revelation 12, 7. Look at it here on the screen. It said, Then a war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who, leads the world, who led the world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. You see the picture that's being painted there? It's of Michael and the angels of God grabbing Satan by the neck and those that followed him and they were tossed out of heaven. It would actually be impossible to determine how powerful Michael is because his power is found in his submission to and his dependence on God's unlimited power. And church, Michael is a single angel. Angels are mentioned at least 273 times in the Bible in 34 different books. We don't know how many there are, but there are too many to count. The Bible makes it clear that that final battle that we get a glimpse of in Daniel and then in Revelation and other places, it has literally already been won at the cross. In one sense, even though it's not happened historically, it's already completely over and it goes exactly the way God's perfect plan designed for it to go. A plan that involves bringing himself glory and honor by preserving, protecting, and providing for his people. Whether before the rapture, in the middle, or before the tribulation, in the middle of the tribulation, at the end of the tribulation, we don't know, but all true followers can look forward to much better days ahead. Now, not only will God demonstrate his faithfulness uh, to his people by rescuing them, Daniel chapter 12 says, God raises the dead. Take a look at verse, 12, at verse 2. Verse 2 says, Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. God reveals to Daniel that there will be a day when every single person will be resurrected all people will have a resurrected body at some point souls will be reunited with the resurrected body and live forever if you've been around the church for a while you might think well Wes what's the big deal about that I, I know that well first of all it doesn't matter whether you knew it or not it is still an awesome amazing truth and secondly, those in Daniel, including Daniel himself, at this point in time, had very little understanding that there would be a day when one could actually be resurrected. Remember, Jesus hadn't been on the scene yet here in, in human form. He hadn't gone to the cross or to the grave or received his resurrected body. So life after death was a very cloudy concept for people in the Old Testament. And again, you may be here this morning and you may choose to believe it or not believe it, but the Bible tells us that a, after a genuine follower of Jesus Christ dies, 
their soul, who they are on the inside, immediately goes to the presence of the Lord in heaven. And one day at a later time, they will be reunited with a resurrected body. The body will be free from sickness and free from disease and many of the ailments and things that we struggle with in our current bodies. And Daniel 12 tells us that everybody who has ever lived will be resurrected and live forever. And here's how it's qualified. Some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. You know, in and out of the church, there are a lot of pretty unbiblical views of life after death. There are are people who actually believe that when any of us die, that's it. You just go to the ground as if you never uh, live. That would be an atheist perspective. That's an unbiblical view. There are are people who believe that literally every single person, no matter what you've done with the person of Jesus Christ, goes to heaven when they die. That also is an unbiblical view. There's a view that says people who have placed their faith in Jesus will go to heaven when they die, and people who have rejected Jesus won't go to hell, but they will cease to exist. They don't get to heaven, go to heaven, but they won't go to hell. That's an unbiblical view of heaven. There's a a view that says reincarnation will take place that kind of based on how you lived here on earth, you will either, you know, evolve to a a higher class or to a lower class and and do it all over again. And that's an unbiblical view of of heaven and hell. And finally, there's a, a cartoon view of heaven. That would involve anybody that's placed their faith in Jesus turning into a chubby baby and sitting on a cloud playing a harp. And and that's an unbiblical view of heaven as well, thankfully. As we see in Daniel chapter 12 and many other places in the Bible, God is faithful to his people. And who are God's people? Daniel says it's those whose names are written in the book. Those individuals that at one point in time in their life have decided to turn their life over to Jesus Christ. As we say frequently here at Crossroads Church, there is not a single person who can ever be good enough or religious enough to be right with Jesus Christ. But Romans 10.13, and this is an incredible, incredible truth from the Bible, says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, no matter how bad your past may have been, how great your sin may have been, everyone is welcome no matter what your status. Everyone. The Bible teaches that if you are saved by faith in Jesus, you will die, and when you do, your soul will immediately go to heaven, and there will be a day at some point in time in the future where you will get a perfected, resurrected body as Daniel chapter 12 alludes to. Those who reject Jesus will also get a resurrected body. They will, the Bible says, face a judgment for their sins before a holy and a righteous God and then spend eternity separated from God in hell.
the most prominent feature of hell is the absence of the presence of God in any way. It's described as a place of eternal torment. And I know that's a, that's a heavy statement that, that I've made, that I've, I've read. It's not my own. But some people think it's cruel to talk about heaven and, more importantly, to talk about hell uh, before people. Uh, I think it's absolutely more cruel not to talk about it to people. We can't force our views on anyone, but what I've laid out for you is, is what the Bible says is the end of people, whether they've received or rejected Jesus Christ. Again, the good news is that anyone alive today can choose to follow Jesus Christ and look forward to spending eternity in heaven. And I would challenge you, if you are um, laying awake at night sometime, kind of fearful or just unable to sleep, take some time and use your sanctified imagination and just try to think about the wonders and the possibilities that exist in heaven. Think for yourself, if heaven is the best place that it could ever be for you personally, what would be included in heaven? And when you've got a picture in your mind of a place that gets you excited to go, remind yourself that you're not even close to how wonderful heaven is. As we think about the end times, it is comforting to know that God rescues and delivers his people. It's also comforting to know that there will be a day where believers will be resurrected and given resurrected bodies. And I want to point out one final truth from Daniel 12 that I think will comfort you, and that's this. God is in control of the future. God is in complete control of the future. Look at verse 4 again. The angel says, But Daniel, close up and seal the words of the scroll and tell the time of the end. There's a lot about the end that we don't know. There's a lot that we wonder about. But we don't even know what tomorrow is going to bring. We don't know the future but as the cliche goes, we know the one who holds the future. God not only knows the future, he is in complete and absolute control of the future. God is not limited by time. He's not limited by space. He has literally the past, the present, and the future in front of him all at the same time. And don't try to understand that because you won't. And yet even Daniel has his own legitimate questions. In verse 8, we hear him ask, I heard, but I did not understand. So I asked my Lord, what will the outcome of all of this be? If you have questions yourself about what's the outcome of the future going to be, you are in good company. That's what Daniel asked. Daniel gets a glimpse of a very difficult future. And essentially, the angel tells him that everything in the future is like a script that's already written out. It just needs to be played out in history. Close up the seal, the words of the scroll, until the time of the end. Why is that so exciting? It, the angel is saying, in other words, it's all going to be okay. Daniel, the battle is already won. You can relax. 
You see, for God, everything is a game that's already been played. Yesterday, in the middle of the afternoon, I looked at my phone to see the score of the Cubs game. I generally do that, and if the Cubs are winning, or it looks like they're going to win, I watch it. If it looks like they're going to lose, I go do something else. That's how God lives life. The game has already been played. It's like an ESPN rerun. I heard one Bible commentator this week put it this way, for God, everything is the history channel. Nothing is the nightly news. Isn't that great? For God, everything is the history channel. It's looking back and seeing what it was, not the nightly news to inform himself. Nothing hangs in the balance for God. God doesn't just see the future. He doesn't see it as an open, uncertain, or a chaotic future. He sees it as closed, as certain, as sealed. And that's important for us to understand. You and I look into the future. God literally rules and exists over the future. I don't know about um, you, but we are invited to trust in that truth. God knows the future. He knows and rules over the future, over our health, over our employment, over our relationships, over our family. He rules over our nation and the world. The angel said that God's plan is sealed. In those days, if you had a legal document, you roll it up and you sealed it. And when you sealed it, it meant that everything within that scroll was to be obeyed and accepted and acted upon again what the angel angel is saying to daniel concerning the end times the end of human history and all that god has in store for all of us in revealing jesus christ and his return one day he's saying it is all sealed it is certain and it is confirmed so in verse 9 the angel says something that should encourage and comfort us greatly. Take a look. The angel says, Go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Church, did you catch that? The facts cannot be changed. Basically, he tells Daniel, Look, um, the specific events in the future are not for you to know. They, they are you're not going to be able to understand them, so go and live your life. Go and live your life and don't worry about things that you don't need to worry about. They're beyond your jurisdiction. What happens in the future is in God's loving, sovereign, powerful, all-wise hands. What you and I have the responsibility for is what we do with our character as we go along the journey. And church, that's a good word for us today as well. Whatever God's plans are for the future are sealed. He doesn't want us to be burdened by it. He wants us to live our life trusting in his provision and his protection. In verse 10, we're told that the wicked will continue to be wicked. But it also tells us that there will be some who are purified, who are made spotless, who are refined. And that's code word for the fact that there will be many people who come to Jesus in faith in the end times. Friends, as I wrap up, we, we live in challenging days today 
and, and the challenges truly are going to increase. We can choose to live in a state of constant fear about that fact. We can continue to be discouraged about that. Or we can trust in God's faithfulness and then live our lives. Levi often says that Crossroads Church is about helping lost people be found and found people live in the freedom of Jesus. What an incredible mission we have been giving, helping lost people come to know the joy of centering our lives on Jesus and helping people who already know Jesus fully experience the freedom that we can experience as his children. Church, it is okay to wonder about the future. It's even okay to have some concerns about the future. But what we must not do is live in fear of the future. As bad as the time of tribulation will be, it will be in God's complete control. The tribulation period will be in God's complete control. There is a leash on Satan that God holds with his hand. Satan will only be able to do what God allows him to do during that period of time. God is in control. The same God who was with Daniel's three friends in the, in the fiery furnace, the same God who was with Daniel in the lion's den, the same God who rose from the grave and has power over death and is in complete control of the end times. In some way that we don't understand, everything that takes place in the end will bring the honor and the glory that God deserves and in some way be good for his children as well. And we can count on it. So finally, what do we do in the meantime? What do we do this afternoon or this week or next year? Like Daniel, we live our lives. And Micah 6.8, another test, Old Testament text, gives us a pretty good example to follow. We act justly, we love mercy, and we strive to walk humbly with our God day in and day out. We love our families and our friends. We serve our community. We enjoy the many gifts that God has given us. We continue to have children build larger families. We help people find and follow Jesus, all to his honor and to his glory. There's no need to live in fear. God is faithful. And so church, go on your way and live your life. We're not going to have a closing song this morning, so I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to release you to, in confidence, go live your life. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this long study in the uh, book of Daniel. Lord, I thank you for the way week in and week out we have seen you to be a faithful God. Not only are you faithful, you have the power and the wisdom uh, to, uh, to carry out your, your good plan for your people. And uh, Lord, we thank you for the invitation each and every one of us has uh, to be your people. And for those of us who have, have crossed the line of faith, who've recognized that there's never going to be a day where we can be good enough to deserve what you have uh, done to forgive us uh, and, and uh, put our trust in Jesus, we thank you that our names are written in the book and we can rest in that, Lord, no matter what the future brings. 
Uh, We thank you for that. We pray that in times of fear about the future, you will remind us that you are large and in charge and everything's going to be okay. Um, Lord, I also recognize that there may be people here this morning that uh, whose names are not written in the book, who have never made a decision to turn their, their uh, life and their will over to you. Um, maybe because um, they're not ready to. Maybe they uh, are waiting. Um, maybe they're stubborn. I don't know, Lord, what, what the reason would be. Maybe they just need more information and more time. But I pray specifically for those people that uh, they would continue to lean into you, that they would continue to seek you, And uh, we are thankful that we're told when somebody legitimately seeks you that they will find you. And so I pray for those individuals that soon they will too uh, just make the decision to center their lives on you. Father, thanks for your goodness. Thank you for your love. We pray for um, Ian and other officers that will be in uh, Minnesota. We pray for protesters. We pray for all those that are involved in the trial. We pray for our country. We pray for our world, Lord. We entrust ourselves into your hands and give you thanks in advance for all that you have in store for us. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thanks for being here. Hope you'll join us next week as we start to look at uh, relationships and what the Bible has to say about those. Have a great week.